If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you think you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman of the 430 Movie. I'm here with Steve Melching, Darren Dockerman, Ashley Miller. You know, and if you want to know what Ashley's pick out of the box is, you owe it to yourself to watch the 430 Movie live. You should see the expressions. The only way to understand the kinds of faces we're making when Ashley does Wednesday is to watch us on Electric Now. It's one thing to hear us, but (laughs) you can't see the expressions on our face. You can't hear disbelief. Coming right. soon, our new podcast, Ashley Does Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Captain's log aboard the USS Exeter. What could have happened to the over 400 men and women who were on this ship? Jim, the crew didn't leave. They're still here. Wu is 462 years old. His father is well over a thousand. Salute! <laughs> <laughs> Sacrificed hundreds just to draw us out in the open. We killed thousands and they still came. Fight is done when one is dead. We gotta do something. This is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman. And this is the Trexperts Briefing Room. And today we're curating another significant episode in Star Trek history from season two of the original series, episode 23, The Omega Glory. And to join us is a man who knows E. Plebnista in his sleep, a, a true American. A true Yang, a true, true uh, man of the cloth. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's 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 the writer of Thor and X-Men First Class and an honorary Trexpert extraordinaire, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. Greetings. I, uh, Mark, I, I did not recognize those words. You said them so badly. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to try it again? <laughs> Because they're my worship words. Um, but no, I look, you know what? I let, Let's be honest. We're doing the Omega Glory today in honor of um, the recent July 4th Independence Day holiday. Uh, I'm not a fan of this episode. I'm not going to pretend I'm a fan of this episode. You know, it, it was, um, uh, we did have it on Guilty Pleasures uh, Week um, uh, early in, this, in the uh, early days of this podcast. Well, I think it was you who picked this. It was as their guilty pleasure. It was, um, and uh, I'd much rather watch this than the alternative factor, which I think was Rob's pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, if I recall uh, through the um, the vagaries of time and the swirling mists, uh, this would often show up on the worst of Trek on those classic uh, best of Trek 
magazine articles. You know, um, again, you know, it was the precursor to the internet. So we get all the, uh, all the, uh, halfway informed opinions. Uh, yeah, look, right. look, 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 and, 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 you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, two of my favorite episodes were always on that worst of list too. I mean, Spectre yeah. of the Gun was, I think, mm -hmm. always the worst episode, according to Best of Trek. And uh, if I remember, Savage Curtain was also right. equally savage. Right. Another episode that I quite enjoy. Spectre so, of the uh, Gub. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, but I just, I'm, I'm wary of saying anything apparently uh, negative after that, uh, uh, the, the the people on the Star Trek three episode that said that they uh, have no interest in hearing us talk about Star Trek three because apparently we uh, don't have the same opinions as them. Are, are you no. scarred by it, Mark? I, I, I'm I'm deeply hurt, as you can <laughs> tell. I I I I I'm 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 traumatized. I, you could even say uh, that uh, uh, you know it's 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 uh, I've been triggered. <laughs> well, this is a safe space for you, Mark. No, Look, I, 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 we, we don't, we don't do these podcasts, and certainly not these uh, briefing rooms for anyone but ourselves. I mean, let's be honest. This is our, this is our opinion, and you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You certainly um, are welcome to listen and yell at the, yell at the whatever device you're listening to us on. But, but they've uh, already downloaded it, so yeah. So it's too late. So you've already you've already bought it for so free. <laughs> shape, shape up or ship out, freak! <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no one's a freak. We're freaks no. sometimes, but no look, that's a reference to Day of the Dove. There, then <laughs> transfer out, I, freak. Yeah, <laughs> that's another episode <laughs> that often showed up in worst lists. Now that's an episode that I used to really like as a kid, and I, I think it's pretty dopey now. Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't hold up because it's kind of right on the nose. It's exactly yeah. on the nose as to what like its a punch. punch is. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the thing that really bothers me is it should have been really cool to see the armory aboard the Enterprise. <laughs> and it's basically a, a little gray closet, piece, <laughs> big piece of big piece of wood, plywood. Looks like we're in a Home Depot. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> Look, it's, it was the third season. They had absolutely no money left. Yeah, well, that was that was abundantly clear, sadly. Um, <laughs> but you know, it still has great stuff. Michael and Sarah as Kang, who uh, we learned on our other podcast, was also uh, Mister Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. Right. A beautifully nuanced performance that we all yep. lauded. Um, he was great as Kang. Uh, he's great in, in Blood Oath on Deep Space yeah. Nine. Which, yeah. You know, I have to tell you, we've been doing these Trek's for briefing room now for a couple of months. How have we not done any Deep Space Nines yet? Yeah. How have there been no Deep Space Nines yet? You know, from watching the, the you know, or listening in this case to the Trek Sports Briefing Room, you would think we were Deep Space Nine fans because we, 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 we've, we've had a bunch of Voyagers. We've had original series. We've had a bunch of Enterprise. We even had a Discovery, but no Deep Space Nine. That's, that's, that's really sad. It's very sad. I don't make the schedule. We're going to have to remedy <laughs> that. We're going to, we're going to have to remedy that because, of course, uh, you know, it's no secret to our many listeners that uh, Deep Space Nine is, is it's probably Ashley's favorite Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly, uh, I have to say, probably my second favorite Star Trek. So, um, all right. Well, trials and tribulations it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, you could do a two parter. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have, have you, have you done a briefing room on, uh, yeah. on uh, Trouble and Triples? Okay. Oh, so then no, 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 no. You do a two-parter, Trouble and Tribbles, then Trials and Tribulations. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, uh, this very week, um, our, our guest host, Peter Holmstrom and Lisa Klink uh, and, um, and, uh, and Paul Lind are uh, recording. Um, Paul Lind? Uh, uh, no, not Paul Lind. He's the uh, just square. <laughs> I, 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 I are recording um, a commentary with David Gerald for Trouble with Tribbles. So um, maybe we should do trials and tribulations which we can pair with it yeah like a great wine like a sure. great wine because you know david will have a lot of great wines yes but we we <laughs> cannot 
So we should uh, we should do uh, for those of, do, for those of you listening, wondering wondering why we don't have David on with us. Um, the main reason is because my Gene Roddenberry voice puts him into a uh, into a, uh, a panic state. And uh, I, you know, look, <laughs> this 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 may bore people, but um, the fact is that we've been talking to David for quite a while about doing I Mud. Yeah. You know, because and, and, and then today I got an email because I, I, I um, you know, because we're having Peter and, and, and Lisa, you know, jump in and help uh, yep. uh, carry the load, so to speak. And they said, oh, we got David for Trouble with Triples. And I'm like, great. <laughs> but we weren't going to do him for I Mud. But OK, you guys go do him for Trouble with Triples. So um, because, we, you know, that was a little too obvious for us. Yeah, because uh, he's already I'm, done I'm commentary. That, he's already done commentary on Trouble with Triples. But, but we'll be able what? to hear it again. Next no, week. no, no. Look, and it, it, look, it's great, and they're doing a great job. I'm, I'm so happy to have them uh, uh, pitching in. Yeah, um, agree. It's, it's just, it's just funny. It's just funny that uh, you know. I mean, literally, we've been going back and forth with David for 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 months yeah, on months. this I mud thing, trying to pin him down on a date. Um, and uh, so, anyway, but uh, well, I'll be actually very look, very much looking forward to their commentary on uh, troubles and troubles. But right now, I'm looking forward to Ashley Edward Miller joining Darren and myself to do commentary on the Omega Glory. Yes. So are we so, going to count um, down? Uh, you know, for our viewers at home who want to watch along, you can uh, pull out your Blu-rays and watch with the original visual effects, which is the way we recommend you uh, ideally watch the show. But of course, you can also watch it on Paramount Plus, Netflix, Amazon, and a watch along. Darren will count us down and we'll begin our live commentary for The Omega Glory. Season two, episode 23, The Omega Glory in three, two, one. I'm feeling patriotic already. This is not the original effects, Darren. No, it's not yeah, because, because we need the subtitles. Oh, um, okay. Ah, gotcha. Because we need the eggs. So far, this has been all stock footage up until the this shot. Mega fatty yeah. <laughs> from Arena. And, yeah, and it's another planet just like Earth. That's right. You could say another it's one. Hodgkin's law Hodgkin's of parallel, law of parallel development. development. <laughs> I have to say, you know, I always talk about how much I don't like this episode, but boy, it really cranks along at the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, this is a great teaser. We're already into the action. Yeah, right into it. No, no. Not screwing you know, around. No stupid character development or anything like that. None of that we, crap. We, and, and we've talked on the show before about it's always great when the Enterprise comes aboard a sister ship. Right. Where they find some mystery they have to solve. Wow, that ship never, is huge. Look how big that right. ship it's, is. It's the size <laughs> of a planet. <laughs> it's Shatner from the future. Now the history on the, the history in this script was that it was one of the scripts that Gene mm -hmm. uh, uh, gave to the studio for uh, production of the second pilot. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's take a step back for a second. So you have the cage. NBC uh, screens it, and they don't pick up Star Trek. But at the same time, they're not rejecting the pilot outright. They say, yeah. okay, we want to commission a second pilot. You know, the various schools of thought, was it because it was too cerebral? That was part of it. Were there other factors? Probably so. I think there was a lot of concern that they had a lot of time and spent a lot of money on the pilot. And could they do this on a weekly basis? Right. That was part of it. So uh, Gene Roddenberry is pushing their three scripts uh, along with uh, Herb Solo, the late Herb Solo. And he's pushing more than any of them the Omega Glory. Right. And... Because he's the showrunner, nobody wants to tell him it's not very good. So um, you have two other scripts in contention, Mud's Women and Where No Man Has Gone Before. Right. And I think Where No Man Has Gone Before sort of gets the nod because A, it has a lot of action. And Mud's Women was you know, somewhat controversial. It's about right. space hookers. Right. So um, you know, I think definitely Solo is pushing Where No Man Has Gone Before. And Roddenberry, as he went throughout his career, is like, you know, a dog with a bone, not willing to give up the Omega Glory, but fortunately, um, the the network you know picks uh, where no man has gone before. But Roddenberry, not one to give up on an idea, 
all through the first season is like, well, we got the Omega glory. We got no scripts, but we got the Omega glory. <laughs> and no one wants to make it because they all hate it, which is true. Um, and finally, in the second season, after Gene L. Kuhn leaves, finally, you know, John Meredith Lucas, who's there to clean up, you know, finish out the second season. He's like, we got the Omega glory. And John Meredith Lucas is just happy to have a script that he can rewrite. And they finally make it. But nobody other than Gene Roddenberry was anxious to make the Omega Glory. The Omega Glory was one of those episodes that I had recorded on uh, audio tape. And I listened to it thousands of times. This is one of those that I, I knew backwards and forwards mm. uh, uh, from listening to it as a, as a kid. This and Trouble with Tribbles were the top ones. I just have to ask a question about specifically what we're watching here. What yeah. makes them go, like, you know now what, we're, Now they're in engineering, but we're seeing engineering empty. Yeah. Oop, well, the the, it's also like up. they see salt coming out of somebody's boot, and it's like, it yeah. was a dude. Wait, how, what makes you go, that was a dude? Like, not, I mean, obviously, it's a little weird that there's salt in the guy's boot, but. Well, it could have been Pepper, and it would have been, they would have known it was a woman. Maybe it's Nancy, what's her name? It wasn't Maybe a woman. They, there were pants. Oh, right. That's right. There were pants. I'm surprised at you, Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> now, I, I have to say, now I made a big point of how I don't like this episode. So far, this episode is great. I, I have to say, I, I know we've always talked about it. I love when they reuse the sets, which was so effectively done by Nick Meyer in Star Trek II, reusing the Enterprise sets as the yeah. Reliant. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing other Constellation-class ships. Because it gives us a sense there's this massive fleet of ships out there in space yeah. that Starfleet has which is really cool. I never for once think this is just the Enterprise uh, being reused. Right. And it's lit differently. It's lit darker, you know, even though there's like no redress. Sometimes they redress it, like in um, Doomsday Machine. But here right. there's like no redress whatsoever. But it's fine because it's cool. And there's salt. Right. Captain, and it looks like everyone got naked while drinking margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> That's Vegas. <laughs> But this, this sci-fi idea of the crew being reduced to Epsom salts, basically, um, is so cool and kind of scary that you see their remains, but it's so, it's so uh, removed from reality that it's, uh, it's kind of creepy and it's a great sci-fi idea. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a lot more effective than in any other, by any other name, an episode I like better where they're blah, turned blah, blah. into cubes. Right. Uh, whereas this works as sort of a creepy, scary thing. Yeah. Um, and now they realize, you know, they're going to end up. Now this is interesting. The captain, the, the the chief medical officer, is the one who warns them off right. the ship. Who's probably the last one in command? If you've come aboard the ship, don't go down there. You're dead men. <laughs> At least he got the captain's chair, though. He did, and he got his little insignia, Exeter insignia. He's got a different different insignia, so which is great. So suck it, you people that say that the different ships don't have different insignia. That's right, because they do. <laughs> Get down there fast. I know, it's kind of like, you know, they recruited him from like the Brooklyn uh, Academy of... Uh, they, they found him at the Brooklyn Y. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Vince McAvity is McKevity or whatever. So I'm like, oh, great job, Dad. Yep. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> Cameo's done. And now you can buy that at uh, auction. For <laughs> the salt? Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly. The salt. They have the, the, the salt from this episode. Heritage, Heritage Auctions presents the salt from the Omega Glory. Now, remember, um, this is the episode that they shot for Viewmaster. Yep. So all of these key shots are in 3D. It like this That's one awesome. right here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all they're all on Viewmaster, and it was it's so fun because remember when we were watching these, it was on crappy regular TV. Whether you had uh, black and white or color, it still looked crappy. Um, and seeing these in perfect film resolution on the Viewmaster was really something magical. It really was, especially for a lot of us who watched it on black and white TV yeah. to suddenly see it on color. And mm -hmm. they had to redo the, the visual effects for, the, for it. And one thing I never realized for many years was that the shot of Ahura uh, at her stage, she's looking at her script because they shot her between takes and she was just right. looking at her script. They used that shot in the oh show and she's looking down at her script. 
Now, here's the great Morgan Woodward. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was terrific as Simon Van Kelter right. uh, in Dagger of the Mind. <laughs> but, um, but he's even better here. He's another in a long line of unhinged Starfleet captains. And there's the uh, mute but uh, stalwart Mr. Leslie uh, getting ready to uh, be killed in the third act. Yep, and only to resurrect himself and turn about yeah. intruder many yeah. years later. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's secretly Q. That's my headcanon. <laughs> Why didn't Mr. Leslie or Mr. Kyle get to be in Star Trek? I guess they, Kyle was in Star Trek. Well, Mr. Kyle was in Star Trek, too. Right. And he yeah. died like two years ago, but under sad circumstances. Mm. God, Morgan Woodward is so great. Yeah. You know he's a he's a cowboy actor. He was in all these uh, you know western uh, western movies and TV shows. He he was very rugged looking, and uh, he you know he's the kind of captain that you could you would think could stand up to Kirk and win. And he nearly, well, he does. He nearly yeah. does. He's got great presence. Yeah, and yeah, not great skin, but great presence. Yeah. You know, and um, that's called character, Mark. Character. No, no. Look, I'm kidding because of course. That's absolutely correct. And um, he's just really, you know, of course, his best known role is probably from Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, remember him in Battle Beyond the Stars? Yeah. I was so excited to see him in Battle Beyond the Stars, <laughs> you know, just because it was Morgan Woodward from Star Trek, which was, you know, you know, two episodes of Star Trek and two very memorable and very different roles. You know what I love um, about that guy is, um, or that about Tracy is he's kind of the Captain Jellico of the original series, except totally. he's sort of the bad guy. I guess he is. The oh, bad he's guy. totally the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when he guest starred on TJ Hooker? That was exciting. I don't remember <laughs> see that them, one. See them reunited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see, what and I he think was is also, really... Sorry, go ahead. Renko's. I was saying he was Renko's father in Hill Street Blues. I mean, he's just he's just the best. I love Morgan Woodward. Not not as much as Jeff Bond loves Morgan Woodward. Right. But I, I just think he's he's awesome. And he but was such a... You have to, to have somebody like him in this role, in this episode in particular, right? Because number one, it's the crazy captain trope. But you have to have some sense, not just that he can stand up to Kirk, but that we instinctively, I, I think, want to be on his team at the top. We want to feel the conflict that Kirk feels. Well, um, and I think with a lesser actor, I don't, I don't know that that would have worked. You also well, look how much. Go ahead, Darren. You also want to wonder if this same thing had happened to Kirk, would he have made the same decisions? Yeah. And you know, he might have. Honestly, he might have if he if he believed the way that Tracy did. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I what I what I love is you know we make a lot of we spend a lot of time making fun of some of these awful captains like Esteban in Star Trek Three. Sorry, Star Trek Three lovers, and um, <laughs> and, and, but and, and then, you know and Harriman in Star Trek Generations, right. right? How awful they are, and how you know Morgan Woodward, I believe, could command a starship. Absolutely, yeah. as, as, a parley, uh, no captain. They're too wild. They are almost insane. You forgot that Captain Style sucks too, right? Oh, and Cap yeah. I mean, I love James <laughs> B. Sicking, but he's awful. I don't believe that anyone no. would put James B. Sicking in command of their flagship, their new no, flagship. Absolutely not. Swagger stick no. or no swagger stick. <laughs> but he was, you know, he was friends with Harv Bennett, you know. So it was, are it was you saying casting. that there was a little bit of favoritism shown in the casting decisions? <laughs> oh, don't make no. fun of Star Trek Three. You'll lose six listeners. That's where we got to draw the line. When you guys make fun of Star Trek 3, the politics I can live with, but make it fun of Star Trek 3. Don't do it. Of course, this, this episode focuses on the uh, phaser power packs, which uh, yep. you know prop fans have always been uh, very excited about. They're the handles on the phasers, and they, they twist and pull off, and they, you can replace like batteries. them. It's, they're, like, they're just like batteries. And uh, you can right. recharge them if you have a big enough power supply, but when you're stranded on a on a uh, on a planet and they run out, you're out of luck. So you need yeah, a, you can have as many fancy heaters as you want, but if you don't have the power packs, you're screwed. Got no power. Got no power. No power. 
Now, speaking <laughs> of power, J Jimmy Dewan isn't in this episode, nor is Walter as Chekhov. You know, and and uh, we missed Cost them. savings? Yeah, because they weren't for run a show. Right. Mm, okay. You know, they were, I think they were, you know. They were whatever they were. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, they weren't, they weren't guaranteed all produced oh, episodes. Oh, there goes Mr. Leslie. He, he just, you know, what, he just got shot right into the turnabout intruder. That's right. That's what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Great close-ups of the phaser too for you prop fans. Yeah. Look at the Shatner is selling it. End of second season. As someone pointed out on on Twitter recently, you know, he's exhausted. He's been doing tons of these episodes. He's handed what is not the greatest script of the season, and yet he gives it everything he got. Yep. And the reason this episode is as good as it is is because of Bill. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, D. Kelly isn't sloughing it either. No, no. Yeah. D. Kelly's all great. He's got, he's got some great moments. He's always great. Your captain in a landing party must have beamed down too late for full immunity. This never works. <laughs> this never works. No one can you, fool Sulu on the communicator. They always are like, oh, your captain's dead. Just beam down all your phasers. Yeah. <laughs> and everything will be okay. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like PC action taste star again. Yeah, 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 you know, we'll send up our trained crew yeah. uh, to, uh, of, of Capellans. We oh, have no, volunteers standing by. Standing by. <laughs> <laughs> Just beam down. It's fine. I'm sorry, Lieutenants. Your captain's feverish. Quite delirious. He's quite delirious. <laughs> I understand, sir. When he regains consciousness. Wait, you sound familiar. Is this Dr. Simon Van Gelder? <laughs> <laughs> Get off the phone! <laughs> He's crazy. It's like a jerky boys bit. Plus, great Fred Steiner music. Who absolutely? I think I think actually a lot of this is tra is, is tempt. It, it's all tracked, it's all tracked uh, from other episodes, except for except for the. Um, the big reveal uh, at the end, right? Which is right. Uh, Fred the, Steiner, uh, original Fred Steiner composition. Correct. It's great. So we're gonna have a little talk. This is one of my favorite scenes from it's this, great. where they uh, great. they face off verbally. For Starfleet Command, Regulation Seven, Paragraph Four. I must. I love this. Consider myself under arrest <sighs> unless in the presence of the most senior fellow. This is just two guys talking in in a cell. That's and right. this is better than 90% of other Star Trek. <laughs> the great thing about it is that it it hints at the at the bigger universe and the structure of Starfleet and how all the people who are in uh you know places of uh, of command and uh, and uh, rank they know what the rules are, you know? They know how this works and they're all smart. Yeah. I really feel at this point that Captain Tracy has the advantage over Kirk. Yeah, I, like, sure. I'm like, you believe that Tracy could win. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that Kirk is really at the disadvantage. Yeah, you kind of feel like even though you see Kirk kind of working on his bonds, that even if he gets free in this moment, it's not going to do him a hell of a lot of good. Redbird comes once every 11 years, which he's seen 42 times. I've seen four and a half years <laughs> of the Redbird, by the way. That's a... <laughs> oh my God, you're older than Miri. <laughs> That's right. But what they're not telling you is that uh, one year on this planet is approximately 20 days. Right. <laughs> McCoy could verify on that. He will if you order it. Order it. <laughs> Are you grasping all it means? This immunizing agent here, once we've found it, is a fountain of youth. Now, the slow, okay. the, the slow motion thing is, is kind Terrible. of goofy because it, it kind of shows that they were running out of time shooting this episode. And yeah. that partially you could tell that from all the stock footage at the beginning of the episode that there just they're wasn't enough time it. to get enough, uh, yeah. enough, enough coverage on it. So yeah, they, right. were, they so, were borrowing from everywhere. If this were The Mandalorian, it would just be a 23-minute episode. Because you can tell, yeah, you you can tell that that was just footage they had that they just step printed to yep. slow. It wasn't shot. Uh, it was it, it wasn't shot to be slow motion. Right. They did it in post, and it doesn't look right. And we'll have committed a crime against all humanity. I'd say that's slightly more important than the Prime Directive. Well, you would say that. <laughs> and again, here's a captain that has been put in the position of his his entire crew is dead. 
You know, yeah. what are you going to do? These are, you know, big questions. These are questions that made Commodore Decker go insane as well. Yeah. You know, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, is there a, like, I mean, obviously there are lots of problems with the Omega Glory, but if there isn't just at the, the heart of this, a little bit of a structural problem, right? Because what Tracy is making is a fairly interesting argument that it's not just it's about a fountain of youth and you can live forever. It's about like the implications of all of that for disease, for human suffering, for all of these right. things. Right. So don't you just kind of want to establish that at the top? Think that, wow, that's really interesting. And then the other shoe drops. It's like the, the cost of all of that is this. And this is how far Tracy's willing to go to protect it. Because right. right now it just, it lands as information in that scene rather than feeling like the problem. And that push-in looked like an optical push-in. Absolutely. It didn't look like, you know, they're trying to create some sense of momentum as opposed, they didn't have the time to shoot it. Because at this point, we're deep in the second season. So um, Paramount had taken over from Desilu. So there are already budget cuts and the schedule yep. cuts. Because, uh, you know, at this point, um, John Meredith Lucas is, is, is running the show. And it's funny because this is the episode, at the end of the episode, where they announced this, please stop writing to NBC. Right. Uh, Star Trek will be back next season. Correct. Uh, because... <laughs> They were so inundated with letters and telegrams and things. And they're like, please stop writing. And then the irony is that all these fans started writing to NBC to thank them for renewing the right, show. Right. So they were still they were still they were spamming them. Yeah. What I can't get over right now is how purple this set is. Oh yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great because that this has such style, uh -huh. thanks to Jerry Finnerman. It's just really just Right and just kind of purple clean. lights, yeah. Just yeah. Kind of now this the is a, Cloud William here is Roy Jensen, and mm -hmm, uh, yeah. uh, Facebook followers of mine uh, will have uh, learned a little story that I posted the other day that um, I worked with an illustrator called George Jensen, who was the main illustrator on Close Encounters, and he worked on 2010 and uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, a bunch of films, uh, and an older gentleman who had been working for years and years. And uh, I worked with him on Master and Commander. And we worked together uh, side by side for months down in Mexico. And we, you know, talked all the time. And he found out of my like for Star Trek. And one day he said, well, you know, my my brother was in a Star Trek episode. I said, what? <laughs> your brother? Who's your brother? He says, Roy Jensen. Cybok. Roy Jensen. I know <laughs> who Roy Jensen is. I happen that's, to know that he's Cloud William. Uh, and he said, "Yeah, I guess that's what he played." <laughs> 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 but uh, it was this big surprise because uh, you know it, they they looked very similar. But uh, it was just one of those funny things that happened. You know, well, what I find, and, you know, go ahead. I was just say, like what I find kind of interesting, just kind of looking at the um, at the design here with the with the color, right? Like when you cut to McCoy, it was all green, and just thinking how smart yeah. that is. Like, they're, I mean, obviously they, these sets are probably wild, and and using the color to help the audience and understand that you're and in a they're using place. the same flats. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like it's really really smart production for what they had to yeah. work with. She's a biter. Watch out for her, or you know, take her home to meet mom. Hey. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Here using the uh, Amok Time music. Amok Time. Yeah, and that's the problem. Some of this music in Star Trek is so identifiable because it's so iconic, like the Doomsday Machine or like Amok Time, that when it's reused, it's really noticeable. Yeah. But, you know, no. we didn't care. I didn't. No. I care. I care. In retrospect, <laughs> I care. You know, now, even as a kid, I, I would know, particularly with the Doomsday Machine, like when it was the ultimate computer and something. Right. I'm like, no, it's not the Doomsday Machine. It, it, it's just like you couldn't use the Imperial March for somebody other than Darth Vader. Like, you you know, to me, the da 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 was the Doomsday Machine, and it, it didn't work for anything else. Well, that was my reaction mm -hmm. to it when I heard it in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know why she screams from a Vulcan neck pinch, because people don't normally... Well, he, maybe he was a little bit off. Right. Oh, that's true. He that. he the wrong nerve. Oh, sorry. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's with all these optical snap zooms. It's really like weird. They're they're trying <laughs> to teach. That's a great yeah. line. Oh yeah, I, I wish you'd teach it to me sometime. I have tried, Captain. Yeah. And I have to say, <laughs> I, I you know I doubt that this is an original William Ware Tice. 
this looks like something that they found from a Paramount movie, and maybe oh, he I'm certain of it pulled off the rack. You know, yeah, I don't think he designed it for this. This, but it's great. It's it's very flattering. Thank you. This at least. Thank you very much. Oh, McCoy, you old oh, movie, you dog. <laughs> Yeah, because here again, the, the 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 tracking does us no favors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it still works. Well, just remember, Doc, that that girl was uh, two hundred and fifty years old. Yeah, exactly. That's right. She's old <laughs> enough to be your mother's 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 mother. I can't even get at it. It'd be on me in a moment. Look at look at Chatner, man. He's just. He looks, I mean, he looks completely exhausted. Yeah. Acting. But he still knows where the camera is. He, oh, he knows where the lens is. There's no question. And he knows where his profile. light is. Yep. 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 That's a very interesting theory. Yeah. This, this section of the episode was uh, pieced together editorial as, uh, editorially as well. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some stuff that doesn't really work, and there's some time. Uh, Time advancing that doesn't work either, but uh, yeah, yeah. Look, and that's so great because we think they're mute, and then suddenly yeah. he talks. Freedom, yeah. Freedom. Now that's a dolly. Freedom's yeah. just another word yeah. for nothing left. Nothing to lose. left to lose. <laughs> that is a hurt word. See, that I kind of like all this stuff yeah. until the reveal, until the the goofy reveal. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, look. If there if there's duplicate Earths, the parallel development the theories can apply to anything. So that's true. I don't know about that. Now, see the the subtitles call them the cones, so they they've made yeah, them yeah. a Jewish tribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a worshiper. <laughs> Yang worship. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're close to the God at the front of the temple. So, but. Uh, <laughs> the cones, the cone heads. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very purple outside. Love it. it oh, so look at that. Oh, Gary Finnerman, man. It's purple That's outside gorgeous. and inside. It's purple yeah. everywhere, man. Purple rain. Those are uh, right. those are little seashells on his uh, armband. There. They're meant to cause you any problems. Yeah. I never meant to cause you any pain. Thank yeah. you. You spoke to the cones? Yeah, they're not coming <laughs> over for Passover. <laughs> you know the cones. They're going to uh, the Berkowitzes instead. What? <laughs> nothing like being in prison and... Oh, this is the best, though. Spock and he cocks him. Oh. Never turn your back on a cone. That's well, right. these are or the Yangs. Yang. Remember, these are the Yangs. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. They're the Yangs. I know. I get confused. It's it's confusing. Spock looks very concerned because he doesn't know he what does. the heck's going on. Even though he clearly can see what's going on from yeah. his vantage point. <laughs> Captain, are you able to respond? Or unwilling to respond. <laughs> I'm just oh, playing a little gone. joke on you, Spock. I beg your pardon. It's a little trick. Oh, now it's green outside. Yeah, that means it's morning. Yeah, that's right. right? Time has changed. That's oh, actually pretty oh, smart. The show is so great. I mean, yeah. I think after all those years of watching on black and white, I just remember when those DVDs came out. It's a freaking revelation. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's so yeah, it's so gorgeous. Oh, I'm gonna feel that in the morning. Someone get the me morning. the number the of that cloud. Green. No, to the galley, Romul now no longer to be served at diplomatic. <laughs> eight minutes, Captain. Seven hours and eight. By the book. Minutes. Spock. Eight. I mean, it's amazing what they were pulling off on this compromise schedule. Yeah, no kidding. All they need to do now is get a little dog to bring them the key. Have you up in a minute? <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> Dax Sparrow's about to show up. <laughs> that has to be the worst starship captain I have ever seen. <laughs> but you have seen me. <laughs> oh, good morning, Jim. 
Good morning. I love it. He's completely <laughs> just wrapped he's up a, in he's his oblivious. Words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got waffles. Once there was a frightening biological war that existed here. The virus still exists. Now Spock is fixing that computer with a wrench. Immunizing agents in the food, the water, and the soil. <laughs> created an imbalance and nature counterbalanced there is a disease here. i have to say those are such great props they use that every time mm -hmm. he has the medical diagnostic but they yeah. just look great because of the way that they beep and they boop and yeah. the colors and it's just really effective they're complex enough so that it doesn't look like it's easily controlled mm -hmm. and but you assume that they know how to use it mm -hmm. he's also look at you know with the depth of field like in the background how it, how it looks yeah, on this pretty, pretty and blinky. it looks great yeah. Ancestors who survived had to have a yeah, I mean, what do you think? That's like a 50 mil? Uh, probably. Antibodies in the blood during the war. Yeah, and, uh, now, if you wanna destroy and uh, stopped down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Perhaps your descendants might develop a longer life, but I hardly think it's worth it. I don't understand a word you're saying, Bones. <laughs> it's a lot of techno battle. Who knows? It might eventually cure the common cold, but... You mean the coronavirus? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's always that was my uh, my bet. I, I was I was taking the over on whether or not the the accidental outcome of uh, of COVID would be a cure for the common cold. But, right, uh, but I was wrong about that. Um, of course, who knows? Uh, the apocalypse is young. Oh, oh man! I've got to oh, say, he's, you know, forty three really percent more it. crazy. If yep. you if you found a, a slightly less on the nose, I mean, and it's not hard to find a slightly less on, on the nose way into this story, there is something very interesting about the conceit, and even about the execution, um, especially when you consider just this very compressed production schedule. Wait, but here's I mean, this great monologue. This is the best. You can see why he's traumatized. Yeah. It's PTSD. Yeah. And you can just, through this, you can just imagine him standing there with his phaser mowing down Yanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why uh, Star Trek Beyond was such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because yeah. they did the old trope of the, you know, crazy Starfleet captain who's gone rogue. But it was so goofy with the, he's an alien yeah. now, but he used if to be a human. If they just leaned into it, how great a reveal would it have been, like, you know, when uh, when they took out the Enterprise, if, if you know, a freaking starship captain, like in some old uniform had dropped down, right? You'd, you'd immediately yeah. go, okay, now we're in something interesting. Yeah. As opposed Elba, to, are these not insect makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Too because you believe he can take stuff. on Captain Kirk. Too much yeah. stuff piled on it. Yeah, Plus, exactly. the makeup's awful. Well, yeah, it is. Well, it, they look like the Remans from Nemesis, except not as interesting. Yeah. Well, that's damning it with faint praise. Yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> Intentionally. Now, uh, Darren, where are they shooting? This is not um, you know, th This is not Paramount. This must be uh, Culver City. It's, prob yeah, it's probably the 40-acre backlog. But, yeah, yeah, backlog. Back uh, lot. Um, <laughs> but I don't really know. I I. I I have no idea where specifically this is because mm. it's obviously, you know, some kind of uh, not quite medieval or uh, uh, Middle Eastern kind of uh, surroundings. I don't know. You the know, 48 acre back lot in, in, in Culver City has such a fascinating history. There's a wonderful book. It's, they sell it on Amazon. It's the history of the 40 acres lot. And I highly recommend it. I forget what it's called. Because what what was you know what used to be the Culver Studios was owned by Desilu, uh, and right. before it it was the uh, it was uh, Selznick. Selznick, yeah. And uh, it was uh, and and now it's Amazon. Now it's and Amazon. the only vestige is the old Selznick building, uh, building. Front building. yeah, front building, yeah. Uh, but so much of uh, you know sixties TV was made there. The two pilots for Star Trek were were shot there. And not at Paramount or or at RKO, um, but it was uh, you know it was used for so much stuff. And Andy Griffith's show was uh, all the exteriors were on the forty acre back lot there, and uh, uh, Gomer Pyle, and tons and tons of shows were shot there. Oh, here they go again. Whoa, Foley's a little bit off. 
Whoop. Oh, yeah. Whoopee. That may just be... Uh, oh, maybe the delay on the... Uh... Yeah, because part of this looks like the Errand of Mercy, uh, mm -hmm. um, which was shot... At, now, this has to be... Oh, this look, that's it's, the Western Town. That's this the Western Town. has to be town. 40 acres, yeah. Has to be 40 acres. Yeah, this is probably, you know, like the uh, the Mexican village section. Yep, yep, totally. Oh, and there's from, is that Rigel in the background? No. No, no, no. I don't oh, okay. know why, but but part of me wishes that there were a once upon a time in Hollywood deleted scene where we find out that that uh, Brad Pitt was, uh, was Shatner's stuntman in Star Trek. <laughs> well, you know what's really funny? And I, I was talking about this on an episode of Treks, but you know, Lancer was created by Sam Peoples. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 not only, uh, you know, which is uh, obviously the focus of a lot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And one of the people who wrote a bunch of episodes for Lancer was DC Fontana. Sure. Wow. Okay. You know, which is is the show that, um, you know, uh, uh, um, Jay Cahill, uh, not Jay Cahill, Rick Dalton guest stars on. Right. That, uh, you know, that's a, it's so prominent in the movie, and even more prominent in novelization. The guy on the left looks like Billy Zabka. <laughs> That's funny. There he is, right there. There is. There's very little uh, of something in this dojo. That's for sure. Now yeah. you know. Look, as much as I, I find a lot of this stuff really ridiculous, um, the whole idea of tricking them by saying that um, Spock is Satan uh, is, is so great. It's you great. know, I mean, Morgan is really. A terrific foil for Kirk. Is he smart? Flopped, flop shot. They didn't get yep. coverage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know what the Cowboys and Indians, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, the sound um, effects in the background. Loop group yeah. is in the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know, as they as they say, the the sort of uh, skins, the stoic mannerism. He's talking about the uh, the the white skinned race sort of taking up the uh, the indigenous uh, peoples' uh, mannerisms and uh, and uh, and practices. So it's sort of an interesting sort of uh, concept about where these cultures would go if they were you know if they were battling against each other. Yeah, if, yeah, the, yeah. if the Asiatics won, as as Fox say. Um, no, it it's, it's not it's almost a, too close. It's totally it, it is too close. close. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is where the episode really loses me. Although yeah. I must say, without this episode, we would not have Darren Dockerman's Kirk's Corner, where he does <laughs> true. a brilliant monologue of this uh, uh, Shatner performance that is just completely inspired. It all comes from recording these damn episodes and listening to it over and over again. And you know, as a as a kid who spent a lot of time. Uh, by myself, drawing and stuff like that, and not necessarily playing sports. You do other things. You, right. you pretend to be Captain Kirk and and mimic him. Fair. Maybe you can do that in Vegas. <laughs> well, we'll see. Depends how I drunk you are, I guess. I have to double my rate. <laughs> Twice nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the new music that was written for uh, uh, this episode. That zoom. That, that yeah, zoom. that digital, that optical zoom. It's, it's not digital. Digital doesn't exist, but it's um, optical. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Well, it's funny. It's, it's, I wonder if Gene Roddenberry was more involved with post-production of this episode because it was his sole writing credit. Right? You know, Even though other people did work on it. Absolutely. I don't jump. Together it'll be easy. Of all the props and, uh, you know, remaining artifacts of Star Trek, one of the things that I would most like to see in person and one day own is that illustration of Satan from the book oh, that yeah, looks like yeah. Leonard. I hmm. wonder where that is, if anyone has it or if it was destroyed. I don't know. Is that flag available on the Star Trek set tour in Ticonderoga? Uh, I'm sure they'll make one. <laughs> You're a funny guy, aren't you? No, the, you know, I know... There's this is the last the of the Cohen places. <laughs> the Cohen's... When they closed the Catskills, the Cohen's were out of here. They went west. 
Hey, plaguely iron necked and flagging. <laughs> <laughs> Only Shatner could pull this off. Yep. What is happening with that hair? And, and Al Pacino. This is the he only spoke two the holy words. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know many of our high Listen up. Words. Biff, Neil, take him away. <laughs> Thank you. Where is your tribe? Up there. One of those points of that rug. Now, now. Why are you here? Were you cast out? He was cast out. I love this. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's just feral. Yeah, totally. That's a great description. And you know what? He's so smart. Yep. It's a very Kirk-esque maneuver. It absolutely mm -hmm. is. It's exactly you know, what Kirk would have done. You know who he is? He's like Harvey Dent, this guy. Yeah. He was yeah. on the side of the angels. That's and right. now he's our antagonist, but he was a friend who's gone bad. Yep. Right? It's like, but he's smart. Fascinating. Like, he's, I, I want to hear Darren just deliver all of Tracy's dialogue as Shatner no. in this speech. <laughs> you will not hear that. But I want to hear that. Look at it, no coverage on that. It was all in the yeah. wide. Yep. They, they, no coverage. It's like they, yeah. they, clearly they were moving like the wind here. Yep. Yeah. It was a half day shoot. Obviously, a. Uh, and this is, a, you know, this is tough. It's a lot of people you got to cover in this scene. So there you go. these things. Oh, that's the best. That's amazing. <laughs> that's Why is he wearing best. a dress? Well, you want him to wear something, don't you, Ashley? <laughs> Oh, yeah. True. See, because this is tough because you got to do close ups on Shatter, obviously. Cloud Williams, Morgan, you got to cover Leonard and D. This is mm -hmm. a tough, this is a long day. Yeah. It, it mean, seems simple, but it's not. Got to, the, the blocking on that wide is really smart. Yeah. Mm hmm. His heart is different. And then you got a bunch of extras. <laughs> well, Captain Tracy is Belloc. Oh, there's the there's the the top of the set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oops. Nobody will ever notice it. Now, now you would just punch in. Yeah. Back then, it's like, <laughs> look at the look on Spock. You... <laughs> he has no heart. It's um lower. <laughs> I got plenty of heart. Have you ever seen bring our hearts in our bottoms? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. Bottom, Gene Roddenberry would send a note about it. Boy, she has a thankless role. Cloud yeah. Williams' girlfriend in this. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't get to say much. Convention. She has to do a lot this of eye a... acting. The yeah. Yangs are a real sausage party. Chiefs and sons of chiefs. Who are you calling a son of chief? <laughs> I love your story, uh, Darren, about uh, Roy Jensen. That's a great story. He's... He's like, you know, one of these people that I've, you know, memorized his face. And yeah. and when when George said it, I looked at his face and he says, of course you are. Oh, you didn't say he's your brother, brother? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Ratu, <laughs> Verata, never. Those words are familiar. Wait a moment. He fears to speak. His tongue would burn. He just won't stop. <laughs> I love the eye to it. Poking the bear. Kill his servant. There's a better way. It's not your. This is a bit of a stretch. Well, I know Yarnak did. <laughs> or, or will, but here we see, you know, oh, Kirk. She gets a line. She gets one line. It is written. It's it's Kirk's bravery that saves the day. Yep, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. He doesn't Are start you crying. He lacks the courage. That's the a courage. nice transition. It's That's a great. great transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is cool. I love the way they're locked together like the defiant ones in battle here. Yeah. But partially because the set's so damn small. triumphs. Unless good is very, very careful. That's a good line. Hua. 
And it's funny, you know, because the physicality here, uh, Morgan Woodward is way taller than Shatner. Shatner's this little, mm. you know. Why am I uh, just getting a text from Dave Fine telling me all kinds of interesting facts that I haven't heard from my good friend, Darren Doctorman? He can't help himself. I don't, I don't know. I'll read it to you when we're done. You know what I like about this fight? It's um, it's got a concept, man. It's not just you know a fight. It's there's a clear objective and there's yeah. an interesting specific problem. It's and so it feels great. real. Yeah, it does. Exactly. It's, it doesn't this is feel a great choreographed or practiced. It just feels like a knockdown drag out. Honestly, it feels like afternoon at my house right now <laughs> with the twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to play the Amok Time theme song when uh, whenever they battle. Do you? Yeah, I do. Another, oh, God, another optical these, zoom. Optical zoom. Stop it. And perhaps hey, girl. The, that's uh, good. <laughs> the, I like the oh. use on the eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's stylish. Look at that little oh. ink, that little inky light that they have right on the on the uh, on the blade there to light this it up. Is not, they did not do loop group on this. This is totally stock Absolutely. people cheering. Absolutely. It's the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, I swear somebody just was cheering the Yankees on or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yankees, Yanks, Yangs. Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, here's the they question. They were talking about Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. That, was a, that, was, that was a little bit of a non sequitur. Has, has Spock ever been able to do that since? Nope. No, or before. No. Or it's before. like force-healing. Like, like, why Luke didn't save Yoda if you could force-heal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a great close-up of the communicator. This is for Boy, the prop fans. You, it's you know it's a I'm smorgasbord. I'm amazed she doesn't show up on more lists of uh favorite um TOS uh, she's, uh women. You know, she's she's not really a stunner. She's just sort of uh, one of the one of the plainer Star Trek women. I always forget There's about nothing her. wrong with that. Now this up. Uh, the, the okay, well, we've done, you know, he knows I won't this kill him, you hear? Wait, wait. <laughs> wrong show. Let's destroy you. Yeah, you're right. You old softy, Jimbo. Oh, just in time. Oh, my. Here they are. <laughs> Hi, I brought the, the rescue. Oh, I. <laughs> Sir, we picked up community. He brought the two members of the sharks with him. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Wait. more like Greece. In, Wait, in Greece, uh, Leslie didn't just get beamed into that wasn't uh, the that wasn't Leslie. It. That wasn't okay, Leslie. but he okay. no Galloway. <laughs> it was Galloway. Uh, that's that's Galloway. Yeah, because yeah. the the subtitle had him call him Leslie. Ah, uh. yeah. So Galloway was the beginning. This is Leslie. Oh, okay. 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 Here it is. Doubted you. Oh. I did not recognize those words. You said them. So this is so great. <laughs> without meaning. Only a Canadian could read this with as the much heart. strength and heart. No, no. Yeah. Only the eyes of a chief. Yeah. Get out of here, old man. He pushes him back. <laughs> I know. Get out of my way. What do you Step mean, no chief? What, what no chief? You might want to listen to this, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I love when Fox stops him. From many lands, many worlds, many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, oh, no word. It is a great Kirk speech. I it mean, I, as much as I don't love this episode, this is a great Kirk speech. Way. Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before. Or since tall words proudly saying, We, we the people. That what you call Eid Plebnista was not written. And what you call Eid Plebnista is bullcrap. <laughs> Down the centuries, you have slurred the meaning of. We got to do an episode on the best Kirk speeches. Yeah. Didn't we? You know. I thought we no. did. No, we did great Star Trek moments, but oh. we never did. Great Kirk speeches. Provide for the common defense. Promote the general welfare. And secure the blessings of liberty. It's just, just so good. And our posterity 
And yes, it's dumb. And yes, it's hammy. But gee. No, it's not hammy. It's, no, it's dumb. Not. It's That's perfect. Different. Right. No, this episode is dumb, but this is a great speech. Exactly. Both of those, those two ideas can coexist. But it's not, it's not hammy. It's commitment. He's committed. Yeah. yeah. He's just been in a life and death fight with, some, with, a, with a, a co-worker. And the fact of the matter, a co-worker. This, <laughs> this episode, because of Shatner, goes from like a three to a seven on the back of Bill Shatner. Yeah. Look, admit it. The only goofy part about this is the American flag. Well, no, and the fact that the Yankees and the communists and yeah, but that, that's all related. That's all related. But constitution. It's, but it's 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 all baked it's, into the cake. If the knob had been twisted just a few degrees, you know, one direction or the other, I think it would have been fine. But you know what? I learned the freaking constitution from this because episode. of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. It, Me it too. wasn't from it wasn't from the yeah. uh, Saturday morning uh, uh, cartoons. It wasn't from any Rock. of that. Schoolhouse Rock. It was because of this. So, you know what? Dun, dun. I give it a pass. I love that smile. Yeah. What's that statue in the background? I wonder. It's a. I I don't. It's probably like a dick or something. No. Yeah, that's what it is, Ashley. It doesn't look like you, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> John Meredith Lucas, man with the tie and, and the suit and tie. We have one more episode in the second season, and then the second season is done. Yeah, yeah, this is the end. This is the end, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> and, and the other thing we're missing, of course, is... Uh, you know, Star Trek will return on right. NBC this fall. Stop sending us letters, you Trekkie jerks. What a shame that doesn't um, exist anymore. I know. That, it's that a shame. moment. I wonder if we could recreate it. Well, we probably could, but it wouldn't be the same. Why? It wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the real thing. Yeah. I'm talking about the real thing. thing. Uh, not okay. not quad lose. <laughs> <laughs> For real gamesters. Real gamesters. Yeah, I was, well, was, fine. I was just thinking about our interview with Joe D'Agusta where he talked yeah. about, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> John Meredith Lucas. Well, that was fun. That was it fun. Was. I have to admit, it was fun. I mean, you know, look, this is what I say. Even the episodes I don't like are immensely watchable of the original exactly. Star Trek. Yeah. Look, if, if, we could, if we could survive Spock's brain, you can survive almost anything, anything else is, is, uh, is completely enjoyable. Yeah. But we got to start doing some good episodes one of these days. We've been doing a lot of mediocre episodes. We got to yeah, do. That, we got to do the what's good. Fun. We're, we that's don't do the low hanging fruit, Mark. You remember? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what the world needs is uh, is another commentary on balance of terror. <laughs> well, what we got to do is we got to do some Deep Space Nine episodes. Yeah, that, that's what we got to do. Well, so many so, great ones. Oh. And, the, and the thing about that show is there's so many, even just little ones that you don't think about, right? That uh, that are wonderful little gems, like in the cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, we can even do the baseball one, you know? Um, the baseball. But I, I want to do Our Man Bashir. I want to do Trouble with Tribulations. I think we should do... Um, the Trouble with Tribulations? Tribulations? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, so, somebody was giving me shit for uh, on Twitter for pronouncing Savic wrong. Is it Savic? It's Savic. It's well, no, you know what? It depends, it, depends on her name. it depends on who says it. That's true. There you go. I'm going to say Savic because well, on this show it's Savic. Shatner Shatner says Savic. Well, Shatner also Savic says Sabotage. Sabotage. That's correct. <laughs> it sickens me. That's correct. <laughs> well, this was great, Ashley. It's so great to have you back on the briefing room. Thank um, you. I know we are, you're gonna we're gonna have you back to do the Royale one of these days. Can't wait, the Royale. With and we cheese. know that, definitely That's there right. will be a lot of cheese on this Royale because. Uh, um, but uh, but we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Trexpert's Briefing Room. Of course, if you're a fan uh, of this podcast, you should check out the Mothership and Glorious Trexperts, available wherever you listen to the podcast. And on video on the Electric Now app, you can also check out Ashley's wonderful show, Cartoon Barroom with uh, Steve Melching, where they talk about the latest in cartoon and animation, as well as um, the 430 movie, where we all dissect and curate the uh, fantasy theme weeks of classic films. 
And um, don't forget Best Movies Never Made with Steven Scarlatta and Josh Miller. Special shout out to Mark Rivera, our sound engineer on these Trexperts briefing rooms, along with his mentor, uh, the great Bill Ritter, our producer, Natalie Miscali, and our associate producers, Peter Holmstrom and Zach Raggetts. So until next Friday, when we return with an all new episode of the Trexperts briefing room, the briefing room is now closed. closed. Scott, would you repeat what you just told us? About an hour ago, the bridge control started going crazy. Levers shifting by themselves, buttons being pushed, instrument readings changing. And on my monitor screen, I can see Mitchell smiling each time it happened, as if his ship and crew were almost a toy for his amusement. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.